We are at the exactly halfway point of the IHSAA boys basketball postseason. That's in terms of weeks. But in terms of teams, we are well past halfway. From just over 400, we are down to 16. It is semi-state week in the state of Indiana, and we're breaking it down like nobody else on the Hangtime Indiana podcast, a part of State Champs Indiana. From the ISC Sports Network, I'm Greg Rakestraw. From Shine 99 in Frankfurt, it is Drake Wally. As always, thank you to the thousands of you, seriously, that are watching us on a week-by-week basis. Drake, say something nice about where they can find us. Everything that's high school basketball right here in the state of Indiana, catch it right here on Hang Time Indiana every Wednesday evening. Greg, it has been absolutely amazing bringing all the coverage to the great people who love basketball here in the Hoosier State. Now, it's time to talk semi-state basketball, but before we can get to any of that, we have really a plethora, if you will, of games from regional that just really blew our minds. Let's start with, let's just jump right into it. At 1A, we had a couple stories. Fort Wayne, uh, Blackhawk Christian, they they edge out 21st Century Charter, and then Bar even LCC, they just completely ripped through regionals, and those two could face off in uh, semi-state. They, well, they could. So Fort Wayne Blackhawk and Lafayette Central Catholic will square off in the 1A Northern semi-state, which was as expected. Uh, Blackhawk Christian did get a tough game from 21st Century Academy of the first two weeks of the postseason. That was the one game he said, hey, this is where they're going to get a challenge, uh, able to win that game by eight. Then they respond back by beating a ranked Argus team by 38 <laughs> yeah. in the championship. <laughs> Again, the combination of Davidson and First at 6'7 and 6'10, there is not another 1A school that can match that from a size perspective. As far as Central Catholic is concerned, Carson Barrett carries the mail mm-hmm. for that team. And really, uh, as a freshman, he's one of the key players for Central Catholic when they were the runners up to Tindley just a couple of years ago. So rarely in life do things play out exactly as you expect them to. <laughs> the 1A North Bracket in the semi-state is one of those things. Central Catholic and Blackhawk Christian coming up uh, in Elkhart on Saturday. We had some really exciting action go on, unpredictable action in the 2A bracket, starting off with Andrean edging out Marquette Catholic and then they beat Westview 60 to 49 and then on the other side we had Linton Stockton skids by Paoli in a 72-71 dramatic finish and then Shenandoah defeated Northeastern 42 to 37. All right so the way things worked out in 2A first of all the atmosphere of the 2A level was just ridiculously good. We knew that LaPelle and Paoli would sell out and absolutely they did. I am told by those that are at LaPelle people were creating their own lanes to get out of the parking lot. That's how jammed it was <laughs> on that Saturday afternoon. Now what Linton Linton Stockton did was remarkable because from a talent standpoint, you know, the four teams in that field I thought were equal from a talent standpoint. All of them had won at least 20 games going into it. But Linton Stockton wins at Paoli, mm-hmm. not just against Paoli, at Paoli on a last-second shot in a game where they really only had the lead for, I think, about 20 seconds of that contest and then backed it up by beating Tell City and their all-time leading scorer in Braden Beard in the championship contest. As far as 2A was concerned, I felt this way going into the regional, and it's still the same going into the semi-state. Even though Southwestern was number one, and they were beaten by Tell City in the morning game at Paoli, that those top 10 teams, there was less that separated the top 10 in 2A than any of the other classifications. And mm-hmm. so uh, it, it's... There are maybe some surprises as to who is left, say Andrean over Westview. Yeah. But at the same time, I think any of the four teams remaining in 2A, any of those could be state champs in a couple of weeks. And then we're moving on to 3A. We had Marion. This is one of the biggest stories is we had Marion shock 
the world de- defeating the undefeated Delta, 45-39, to 39, giving the first and last loss of the season. And then we had Indianapolis Crispus Attucks, which we have talked about a lot. They had a very close win emerging against Beach Grove. Well, I'm not sure what world you live in. I'm not shocked. Now, Delta <laughs> is a very good team, but so is Marion. And again, Marion twofold, okay? A, they have seven losses, which is nothing to sneeze at, but mm-hmm. also they play largely a 4A schedule. Yeah. And from enrollment standpoint, they're probably going back to 4A next year. Uh, it's prop time, kids. You're about to see Drake uh, work his magic here with this. This is none of our friends at Delta who had a fantastic season, only one loss. They ended up winning the Delaware County Tournament, winning a sectional, winning a regional. Josh Bryan had a fantastic career. Coach Detweiler, to you and your team, job well done, hence the jersey shout-out here for your final appearance uh, on the show. And Delta would tell you they may have let one get away. They were leading in the fourth quarter, and Marion found a way to come from behind and get the job done. Delta was great in quarters two and three, not in one and four in that game, and it all adds up to a Marion victory. Even though Delta was number one, the reason I'm Mm -hmm. saying I'm not shocked is that Marion's a good basketball team. Clearly, Jalen Blackman. They were playing on their home floor, too. So you can be disappointed if you're Delta, Mm -hmm. but don't be shocked. I think they would tell you that going in. As far as 3A is concerned, I would say the exact same thing about the 1A North Semi-State in terms of Central Catholic and Blackhawk Christian. Same thing applies with Silver Creek and Attics. I thought those were clearly the teams that would be in the Semi-State at Seymour. And frankly, I think those two teams' paths were helped by multiple upsets in other sectionals around them that may have thinned out the regional field for each of those two teams. Although, a special shout-out goes to Beach Grove. Mm. Uh, Those kids that won a sectional for their head coach in Mad English that passed away after a battle with brain cancer in December. They took Attucks to the absolute wire before the Tigers beat them by five in Greencastle. So, Beach Grove, job well done all year long. I know for you young men, you'll keep honoring your coach not you know, next season, the rest of your lives, et cetera. And also, job well done by Mike Renfro, filling in in the interim, one of the great basketball players in the history of Beach Grove High School. I know that this season was very special for him as well. But in terms of the end result, Silver Creek and Attics, kind of exactly what we expected. And then to move on from 3A, we have the big dogs in 4A. We had Penn barely getting by Northridge by only deuce, by two points. And then Baden Dav- excuse me, Ben Davis defeated two very good teams in both Lawrence Central and New Pal. And I think Ben Davis, in terms of upsets, is the story. Although when you have a kid like Dewan Jones at 6'8 <laughs> and 350, exactly. that was the one out that you would kind of say, listen, all predictions are out the window just because you don't know how you can guard that guy. And even though Lawrence Central has three likely Division I players on their roster and came out of a ridiculously tough sectional at LN, they start 6-6-6-6 and 6-8. Even then you say, <laughs> I'm not sure how we stopped Dewan Jones. Then you combine that with Jalen Wyndham going off Kind of the way he did against Cathedral in a regular season win in mid-February. Had a similar game in the morning against LC. You forget he's a Division One basketball player too. Going to play at Georgia State for Ron Hunter next year. So, uh, you know, you can be surprised that LC didn't make it out of Southport. But again, Ben Davis is such an outlier. And don't forget, they're almost all seniors. Seven on the roster. And Wyndham was a key piece of a state championship team two years ago. So Ben Davis making it on can be something of a surprise, but not a complete surprise. What is also not a surprise is the fact that this show has become so popular, we got a sponsor. So back with more in a moment. First, this from our friends at Lawrence Tech. I admit it. 
I love working with money, negotiating, and making big decisions. That's why I'm majoring in finance and economics at Lawrence Tech. What's truly amazing about the education here is the small class sizes that give me easy access to my professors who truly care about my future. They even helped me get a great internship. And I was able to fulfill my lifelong dream of playing college golf. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. So we're going to jump right into it. 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, all of the A's. We're going to get into each game here. We're going to start off with Barry Vikings against the Bloomfield Cardinals. And we have Josh Thompson just got done defeating Lanesville. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> Appreciate you. The, defeated Lanesville, which was a great run from them. Yes, it was. But then the Barry Vikings get by them, and they are going to face off against Bloomfield, a phenomenal tournament run, defeating Greenwood 52-50 to in very exciting fashion. Absolutely. And so these two teams have finished the season against one another for the, over the last decade. So this has been the last game of the year. <laughs> so they played on February the 22nd. Uh, maybe a harbinger of things to come for Bloomfield. During that time when those two teams have played, Bloomfield won one of those games. They made the state finals in 2016. And that was actually when Bar Reeve was playing up in 2A for two years. That kind of opened the path for the Cardinals, and here they are. So, amazingly, both games at Washington are rematches from the season. Now, the other one is Ben Davis and Center Grove, and those mm -hmm. two teams are conference foes. Alex Markovic is the top player for Bloomfield. Bloomfield able to get past Greenwood Christian in a close game. Indy met in the morning game at Martinsville. Bar Reeve is the favorite, and while Lanesville was unfortunately more of a speed bump for Bar Reeve than anything else. <laughs> Evansville Day School played Bar Reeve great. Yes. They were the better team for about 30 minutes of the morning session, led by their 7-1 center in Noah Hoopman. That game was tied with a couple of minutes left to go, but Bar Reeve's championship pedigree shone through. The Vikings are the favorite in this game, but they know that Bloomfield will give them a test, and it is basically a home game for both teams. Mm -hmm. Bar Reeb is seven miles away from the Hatchet House. Bloomfield's only about 30. So those two 1A schools, by their lonesome, will probably come close to packing the Hatchet House on Saturday evening. Then another game from 1A that we have to talk about is Lord, uh, the, the uh, Lafayette Central Catholic Knights facing off against the Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian Braves. And we've got David Barrett head coaching. Carson Barrett, as you alluded to earlier, yep. 14 points a game. David Schwartz, 14 points a game. Just got by North Vermillion. And then we've got Mark Davidson leading Blackhawk Christian. Defeated Argos. 77 to 39, and Caleb First and Zane Burke lead the squad. Exactly. So you've got First at six foot ten. You've got Coach Davidson's son at six foot seven. Uh, decent size for Central Catholic. The Barretts as well as uh, young Mister Webb. They kind of go six four, six five ish. The one thing is for each of these two teams is that. Because they are 1A schools, but in metropolitan areas, mm -hmm. they play a lot of 4A competition. Yeah. So the stage is not going to be too big for either of these two teams. Blackhawk was in the semi-state last year. Southwood beat them. Southwood ended Central Catholic streak of consecutive sectional championships last year at 16 in a row. So again, <laughs> these two teams have been there, done that. If you're Blackhawk, this is kind of the chance to... 
in your mind, right the wrong from last year mm-hmm. where they got upended in the semi-state championship game. Again, I think Blackhawks the favorite, yeah. but really the surprise would be if this game isn't close all the way to the wire. It's going to be a great game, and we've got more great games heading on here into 2A. And you're going to hear about uh, these guys later on in the segment, but Shenandoah Raiders facing off against Linton Stockton minor Shenandoah. David McCalla is the head coach. They just got by Northeastern, and they have five, yes, five players 10 or more points per game. And then we go over to the Linton Stockton Miners. And as Greg alluded to earlier, very strong team going into the tournament here. All right. So both these teams are rather young. Now, Linton Stockton was young last year. So they've got a good mix of, of seniors, juniors, and sophomores that kind of carry the freight for them. But neither of these two teams have one guy you point to. Mm-hmm. They are truly teams. If there's one guy you talk about for Linton Stockton, it's Linton, Lincoln Hale. Uh, he is just a sophomore. Now, he got hurt in the regional championship game took a tough tumble early in the contest and really could not return. Linton Stockton was able to win in his absence. Head coach Joey Harton talked to the local media after the game on Saturday. Seems to think that he'll be able to play this weekend without much in the way of restrictions. Uh, The storyline for Shenandoah is that they really have two seniors on the roster and one of their five starters that all average somewhere between 10 and 13 points. Dave McCullough is one of the most respected coaches in the state of Indiana. He is eighth amongst active coaches in career wins well over 500 at stops like North Judson, San Pierre, and for many years in Noblesville. This is his fourth year at Shenandoah. The Raiders are 88-14 and 14 since he became the head coach. It's a pretty good record. They've been in the regional round each of the last three years. This is their first chance to go to the semi-state, and for Dave McCullough, this might be his best chance to finally make a state championship game. Two fantastic coaches, two fantastic teams, and two fantastic fan bases. I'll have the call on this game on the ISC Sports Network. And uh, Seymour's gym holds about 8,000. I expect about 5,000 or more to be Linton Stockton fans or being Shenandoah fans to check out this game on Saturday afternoon. Look out for that one. That's going to be one to see for sure. And then another 2A game, the Andrean Fighting 59ers and the Frankton Eagles. Andrean, Brad Stengel is the head coach, defeated Westview, as we alluded, alluded to earlier. And sophomore Kyle Ross, averaging almost a double-double, 17 points, 9.2 rebounds per game. And then Brent Brobston is the head coach for the Frankton Eagles. They just defeated Covington. And uh, senior Caden Key is leading that charge, 18 points and almost two steals a game. And Caden had a phenomenal weekend mm-hmm. uh, in Frankton's two victories over Wabash in the morning game and then a 21-point win over Covington in the championship contest. Frankton is a very balanced effort, but Key was phenomenal over the course of the weekend. And what Brent Robson has built at Frankton has been outstanding. This is a team that had never won a boys basketball sectional until the last decade, until the class basketball era. Now they're trying to make it back to Bankers Life Fieldhouse for the third time in the last five years. And two years ago, they were the 2A state champions. As far as Andrean is concerned, they are a consistently solid program. It's almost surprising to say if they win this game, it would be their third ever appearance in a boys basketball state championship. Dan Dockich led the 59ers to the one class final four Dan back Dockich. in 1980. Since then, they were the runners up to Burbuff in 2000. So again, this program's produced great players. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned Dan, Luke Heron go to get Notre Dame, Carson Cunningham at Purdue. There are Andrean alums, but it's a chance for the 59ers to uh, showcase their skills to the rest of the state 
if they can get past Frankton on Saturday. Well, now that we've covered 2A, we're going to move on into the 3A boys uh, uh, area here. We've got Indianapolis Christmas Addicts facing off against a very cool name, in my opinion, the Silver Creek Dragons. So Christmas Addicts, Chris Hawkins leading that uh, that squad to defeat Beach Grove in their most recent game to get on to semi-state. Harold Bennett, 21.4 points per game. You might hear his name later. And Sonsere McMahon, 16 and a half. Brandon Hoffman for the Dragons. They just got by Princeton, and the entire team averages 75 points a game at 54% field goal percentage. That's pretty decent. All right, so Silver Creek is the second leading scoring team in the state at 75 points per game, only behind Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian, <laughs> who is, I think, in the 80-point range, <laughs> if not more. It's a Silver Creek team that has more size. You'll see 6'5", 6'6", and 6'8", from this group. Zane Gross is one of their senior leaders, but they've got talent kind of balanced up and down the classes. And you reference Brandon Hoffman. He has done a tremendous job as the head coach at Silver Creek for the last few years. Their baseball team made it to the state championship game against Andrean <laughs> last year. Uh, and Andrean 3A in baseball, but 2A in basketball. So it will not be an Andrean Silver Creek rematch. They're in separate classifications when it comes to this. Addicts was in Seymour two years ago on their way to a 3A state championship. Um, they don't have the height that Silver Creek does, but they've got the out-and-out -out talent. And Addicts, maybe he doesn't run up and down the floor as much as they did two years ago on the way to the state championship. However, they don't mind playing Silver Creek's tempo either. So this... Uh, I don't expect this one to be 40 to 39. This no, one's going to be, be up game. and down the floor in Seymour on Saturday afternoon. Also in 3A, to kind of wrap it up here, we have a team that uh, defeated the only undefeated team, and that is the Marion Giants. James Blackman head coaching them. As we just said, they just got by Delta, and they are going to face off against Culver Academy. Now, Mark Galloway head coaches them. They soundly defeated Hammond by 21, and Galloway and Britton Watts average over 15 points a game for the Eagles squad. Yeah, it's, it's really a, a three- or four-headed monster for Culver mm -hmm. Academies. You mentioned Galloway and Britton Watts. Trey Galloway, a junior. Ethan Britton-Watts, a senior. Deontay Craig, a high-level football recruit and a really good basketball player. Really, all three of those guys right around 15 points per contest. And Nick Kittle, a 6'9", big fellow that can step out and shoot. Culver's, Culver Academy's only issue is they're not very deep. Mm -hmm. If they could play their starting five and that's it, that's probably what they would like to do. Marion, because of all the injuries they suffered during the course of the season, now go a solid eight- or nine-man rotation. Scary. And it was that bench that really sparked them along with Jalen Blackman to overcome Delta on Saturday evening. So this is a very good game, and this is a game that probably – if you go back to the beginning of the season, you would not have been surprised that this was the semi-state matchup. It was just a Marion squad that, because of injuries, had to overcome a few more trials and tribulations maybe than many thought they would mm -hmm. during the course of the year. Now we got the big dogs. we got to finish up with 4A. Carmel Greyhounds, which that's not any surprise to say that name this late in the season, facing off against the Penn Kingsmen. Carmel Ryan Osborne has done a wonderful job with that squad. They took out a white-hot Zionsville team, and they're one of the favorites. They've been one of the favorites all year to win 4A State. Now Penn... Al Rhodes leads them to a 26-4 and season. And then let's not forget their thrilling finish against Northridge. A lot of the things we say about Dave McCullough being one of the most respected coaches in the state, you say the exact same thing about Al Rhodes. The combination of Lutz and Applegate, two tremendously talented players for Penn. This is going to be a clash of styles. Penn averages over 70 points a game. Carmel hasn't allowed anything close to 70 <laughs> points all year. In fact, the most points the Greyhounds have given up all season was the opening night against Zionsville. Zionsville scored 61 back in November against Carmel. 
They scored 39 <laughs> the other night against Carmel. Big difference. Carmel allowed 81 points in two games at Logansport in beating Northrop and Zionsville. This is all about a clash of styles between Carmel and Penn. These two teams have played so much in football. Mm -hmm. There is a legitimate rivalry between these two high schools, and they're two and a half hours apart from each other. <laughs> this time they meet in the basketball court. Again, Carmel is the favorite, but they know they're facing a talented Penn Kingsman team. And let's finish off with a game that is definitely going to be one that you will want to see. See, and that is Center Grove facing off against Ben Davis. Center Grove, Zach Hahn leading them to 22 and 8 on the year. They just defeated Bloomington South soundly by 23. And then for the Ben Davis Giants, Don Carlisle, an exciting six point win against New Pal. And New Palestine is one of the tougher teams as well as the tournament that they've played. But here they are in semi state. So there are a lot of ties with these two teams. There's the obvious fact they played in the regular season. Uh, there's the fact that Zach Hahn is a former Ben Davis assistant coach for Mark <laughs> James uh, before he then got the job at Center. Grove. Don is in his first year replacing Mark James at Ben Davis. Don played on state championship games at Ben Davis in 1995 and 1996. And oh yes, they both played Division I basketball in the city of Indianapolis. Zach having played for Butler and Don being a part of the first Division I programs at IUPUI. Conference foes Amazingly, and to show you how ridiculously tough the Mick was this year and every year, these two teams tied for sixth in the conference. <laughs> they went two and five in conference play, and here they are playing for a chance to play in the state championship, potentially against another Mick rival in Carmel. Uh, and, and of all of the games, of the eight games that we have coming up on Saturday, this is the one that I am least likely to say this team is a favorite mm -hmm. because these two teams are so even, are so close to each other that, uh, again, anything could happen in the late game at, at the Hatchet House on Saturday. That is bound to be a good game. And something else that's going to be good is we've gotten to the part in the show where we have to do our segments. We're going to start off with Wally's Wonders. I've got some amazing things to tell you. Number one is senior Harold Bennett. He plays for Indianapolis Crispus Addicts. He's pretty good. He averages 21.4 points per game, four rebounds per game, four assists per game, three steals per game, and he has shown the ability to literally do everything on on the court. Now, the other wonder is not one, not two, not even three, not even four, but five. I have five wonders for you, and that is the entire Shenandoah Raiders squad. It is Jacob Kinsey. We've got Peyton Starks, Andrew Bennett, Caden McCullough, Evan Coers, all average over 10 points a game. Five players averaging over 10 points a game. Thus, the Raiders are uh, averaging almost 80 points per game. So those are definitely some things to look out for. But now we've gotten to the part in the show that's even bigger than Wally's Wonders. And that is what we got to find out what's on Greg Rakestraw's radar. Greg, tell the folks. Well, you got to have a sizable radar because the sites will encompass most of the state of Indiana. Mm -hmm. We go from Elkhart all the way down to Washington. So to me, what's on the radar is the venues. And mm -hmm. there's going to be you know, some, some sizable drives for some of these schools. And for fans of Ben Davis or Center Grove being in central Indiana, you kind of get spoiled. You don't have to drive very far to watch your team <laughs> exactly. play. Exactly. Well, you're going to check out uh, what a friend of mine calls the Redneck Autobahn. That would be I-69 going through southwestern Indiana. There's my JMB shout-out, by the way, to make sure I get that uh, properly attributed. He's from that area. He can say <laughs> things like that. Uh, if you need gas on the way to Washington, okay, stop at exit 231. There's no gas between there and the Washington exit. So stop at 231. It says Crane Naval Station. I mean, I thought it's easy to find on your way down. 
But the Hatchet House is an absolute treasure. I got to watch my first basketball games in the Hatchet House all the way back in 1990. Uh, my high school fed into that regional for seven years. Unfortunately, my beloved Eagles never played in that regional, but I got to go as a young basketball player. It is a phenomenal venue. So for those of you from central Indiana that don't like where Senator Grover Ben Davis got sent, I, to some degree, I understand it. But trust me, the drive to check out a venue like the Hatchet House and to see those two teams play, not to mention, Barry Bloomfield is going to be really good. Mm -hmm. You want to get there for the first game as well, folks, Make the drive, whether it's to Elkhart or Lafayette or Seymour or Washington. These venues were picked for a reason. These are four of the 10 largest facilities to watch a high school basketball game in the state of Indiana. So put a little extra gas in the tank and spend the money it takes, which is a great value, to buy tickets for these games. We'll talk about them with you. We'll broadcast them for you. But go see the games. Uh, you won't regret it wherever you go on Saturday. Now, you heard Greg. Go out there, get your gas tanks filled, and get on the road. You don't want to be stranded. Now, real quick, let's give a shout-out to all the teams, not just the final 16 teams playing for the state championship opportunity, but all the teams, win or lose. It has been an honor covering everything, and all of the schools have absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. Wonderful year for Indiana High School basketball. Now, we will be finishing up the semi-state games. We will have semi-state recap, as well as state champion previews we are going to have the teams that will be going to the show greg i am incredibly excited as i know you are as well for drake i'm greg thanks to todd young behind the scenes and also thanks to our friends from lawrence tech you know for having us have said here video podcast back again next week here on hang time indiana